Oh my god. What a night. <laughs> uh, yeah, unbelievable, man. Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. I am what's left of Jeff Sharon. And joining <laughs> me is Eric Lopez uh, after an emotional night at CFE Arena. UCF men's basketball is going to Madison Square Garden, man. Unbelievable. I can't even, I can't even believe I'm saying that. It's, UCF is going to play in the Garden. They're going to the Final Four of the NIT uh, thanks to a uh, 68-58 win over the Illinois Fighting Illini. This is the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. I almost forgot to mention that. We're oh, so, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unreal. I mean, that, that, that's, that was like an apparition. I can't believe what I saw tonight from the fans of UCF just coming out in droves for this game. Um, we're going to break that down. We're going to break down some uh, softball for you as well, playing against uh, uh, Florida State earlier today, number one Florida State. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we got that too. Uh, yeah, that's why some- I'm a little yeah. – my voice is a little shot up. I had to call that game and then over. That's uh, one of the most incredible, unique doubleheaders in my entire life uh, that I will never forget. We got uh, baseball to chat about lots, but this is going to be Ooh. listen. This is going to be yeah. a, this is going to be a basketball show. All right, so uh, let's let's go all the business out of the way that we have to do. Uh, don't forget to follow us uh, on Facebook. Look up Black and Gold Banneret, blackandgoldbanneret.com. You can subscribe to us via email. You can hit us up at UCF underscore Banneret on Twitter. You can hit me up at Jeff underscore Sharon. You can hit Eric up at Eric Lopez Elo. And don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast on iTunes as well as on Google Play, SoundCloud, and tune in. All right, let's let's dive into this, man. Because I, I'll tell you the truth. I tweeted this out earlier. Came home tonight after this game and uh, had a splitting headache. And to quote John Mellencamp, it hurts so good. <laughs> UCF gets the win over Illinois, 68-58. They jumped out on top of him with Matt Williams just hitting threes from all over the gym. Uh, and withstood a couple of Illini rallies late and just held it together. 34-19 at the half. Uh, got outscored by five. Withstood a... 29-point barrage by Malcolm Hill of uh, Illinois, who's their, basically their best player. But the highlight for UCF, um, I, I was amazed at the evenness of how this, this game was distributed in terms of this is, the, again, this team is peaking right now, Eric Lopez. They are playing better now than they have at any point in the season. B.J. Taylor with 17 points uh, to go with uh, two assists. Um, 16 points each for A.J. Davis and Matt Williams. Matt Williams hit 5 of 13, or excuse me, 4 of 11 threes. Um, A.J. had a solid game. Uh, He had 16 points, uh, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, just filling up the stat sheet. Taco Fall, another double-double, 10 and 10. Nick Banyard pulled down 10 rebounds to go with 4 points. Um, And, wow, the most important stat of the night. And this, I just, I'm so happy to, to say that there's a lot of people that I was thinking of tonight, Eric, and I told you this, that I wish could have been there with us because there, frankly, wasn't a lot of room. All-time UCF basketball crowd. Largest crowd ever to see a UCF basketball game at home. 10,011 people, a sellout. First ever complete sellout of CFE Arena uh, in program history for this 
NIT quarterfinal game against a Big Ten opponent with 20 wins and a spot at Madison Square Garden um, on the line. I mean, I've I, 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 I'm I've run out of things to say at least at this point. I mean, what about it, man? I mean, we we I'm so glad that we, you know, that we got to witness that, right? I did. It was. Uh, I think it's one of the most remarkable, no pun intended, nights uh, in the history of this university. And I'm not sure there's been a greater moment in UCF athletics, at least on campus, uh, than this night. Um, you know, certainly the Fiesta Bowl will probably still be number one, but that was in Glendale. So that first conference really, championship uh, in Conference USA. You got, I think, you know, with Kevin Smith, you know, I, I think that's up there. Yeah, that's up there. But I, I don't I've never it, it's just a, what I really words cannot describe the evening tonight. I mean, you and I walked in uh, full disclosure. We walked in because we did this. We both were involved in the softball game mm-hmm. and we walked in during early first half. And I, I we walked in and that built well, I seen that building. Just packed and loud. I mean, we could hear it loud as we're walking into the building. I thought the building uh, was shaking when we were coming in. It was just surreal, and and just to see this place packed. And the and the thing was the cars, the, the cars that were parked everywhere. Oh, it was. I mean, it was a then, sea of cars everywhere. People were parking in the football dirt lots to try yep. and get to this game. And yet, and then the whole when you get in and the building is packed and the fans they were into it from the opening tip. It wasn't like you know sometimes in some of these UCF events, oh they get they're excited at the beginning and then there's kind of a draw. You know, oh they're kind of low key. I mean they were into it from the get go. Uh, they were determined uh, to be in it. They never got down. They never got quiet. Uh, you know, they just willed this team. The fa- the students were stand. It was standing room only for yeah. the students. I mean. We, you know, we ended up sitting in the media section by uh, upstairs in the uh, 111, and there were students around us standing mm-hmm. and asking you for like, "Hey, is it okay we could stand?" And uh, it was standing room only. I, I've just it was surreal. Because, it felt, and I mean, I mean it, it felt hot in that arena, didn't it? it was, there were so oh, many the people. Afternoon. It was hot, and it was and it was just a hot building in in more ways than one. And the thing that was surreal was. Uh, it, it, it was loud, it was packed, and it was an intimidating place. And the Illinois head coach said so afterwards. We yeah. were there for the presser. He said this environment was tremendous. And, and I've said for years that this building, the CFE Arena now it's called, is a fantastic basketball arena. And, and it could get loud there. And it is a great home court advantage. And I think you saw that tonight. And, and I'll be honest with you, you know, when they beat Illinois State, you know, and then they were talking about these ticket sales. I was a critic. I was cynical. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe they can get ten thousand that quickly in a turn in a matter of hours. I thought, oh, they're just you know that's just talk. You know, they'll draw well. I'm thinking five thousand. I'm thinking six thousand. I never in my wildest dreams. They, I never believed they could get ten thousand. And honestly, I would not have believed it unless I was there and I was. And that's. I was uh, I was glad to be wrong and uh, unbelievable. I, I pray congratulations to everybody involved in that, all the hard work behind the scenes yeah. on that. They pulled it off. I didn't think it was possible. I got to uh, give a big attaboy to Jimmy Skiles, our old buddy, who we went to school with here. And 
did broadcasting with us for a little bit of time, got involved in the athletic department in marketing, you know, and it's just, you know, there's one person that bleeds black and gold more deeply than us. It's Jimmy. And for him and the marketing staff and the ticket staff and the business people and everybody to pull this off in basically 36 hours to sell out this arena, 10,011 people is just a stunning. And it's team. legit. And a it's legit. legit. This is there was not... not a single empty seat in the whole place. No, um, it's just surreal. And it's a monumental moment for this program. And the, and the, you know, and we've talked about it in the past about where have the fans gone? You know, they used to support the basketball program. You know, there, there was something missing. Can you know? And I'm, we've had Taylor Young on multiple times in this podcast, Jeff. But I'll never forget the first time we had him on, and he talked about the message about give this program a second chance. You know, and, and referring to some of the people that maybe turned or left the program. And uh, listen, I get it. Some people are going to say, "Well, there's a bandwagon aspect to this." Okay, there's truth to that. You know what? That's the case in all sports. Uh, you win, bandwagons come. Yeah. But I thought. Jeff, that there is a pure passion, authentic excitement of genuine, uh, it, it, uh, it might sound very cliche, but love, if you will. I'll even use that word. Of, I, I got a sense in that building that that fan base wanted that team to win in the worst way. Yeah. And I think that's why they stormed the court. I didn't, you know, afterwards, I thought that was genuine. I thought they were genuinely. I mean, the, 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 the standing ovation that Matt Williams got, there was that moment, Jeff, right at the end where, the, where Coach Dawkins takes out the players, mm-hmm. Matt Williams, BJ are hugging. I just think there was a, a genuine emotion. Um, even people there that maybe haven't – obviously there was people there to, that, that didn't go to a basketball game but had pride in their school, right? I think there was a pride there. There was a sense of joy. And uh, I, I just uh, – and the moment, I, it was just surreal. I mean, really – I mean, I know we, we haven't even talked about the, the games, but honestly, this is bigger than the game. I just think this was uh, it was just an amazing moment. And I'll never forget the moment, you know, the storming the court and everything. But I'll never forget Coach Dawkins it, 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 for the rest of my life, Jeff. Coming, you know, he waited. I mean, the, the, the everybody stormed the court. It was packed. It was chaos. The players and it was a good five. What was it, Jeff? What would you say? Five, eight minutes. And then but Coach Dawkins stayed out there and you brought it up to me. He was high-fiving the players, uh, the students. He was yeah. enjoying it. And then he, he went by, ahead and he, he jumped up into the into the student section and and I thought it was like the the, the it, 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 he it, he was about, you know, like like right next to the band. After the game, he jumps up over by the band. They hand him a wireless microphone. And he is basically and he's up there talking, you know, thanking the crowd, thanking the students, thanking the band, thanking everyone who came to the game. The, the floor was um, was just uh, was full of students, and they're all looking up at him and watching him like preach. It, to me, it was like it was like a preacher who had his <laughs> congregation just wrapped. I mean, he was he, and and that was the moment where I really thought, "Wow, this is I, Johnny Dawkins gets it." He really does get it. And I think the other, my other thought on this was, you know, this is 
t- tonight's environment was was what we UCF basketball fans, longtime UCF basketball fans, have been longing for for a long time, and also look at, and we looked at that and said, this is what college basket the college basketball that we grew up watching on TV, the crazy atmosphere in you know places like Duke and North Carolina and Syracuse and and everything and everything like that. I was like UCF UCF tasted that tonight on campus. And and I hope we I, I hope that we taste it again and again and again. You know, from you know the, for for years on down the line because I mean that was just that was just a spectacular it, it, I mean it was it, it really was it was a spectacle. I mean it really was a spectacle to see this game. We got some um and and listen, those of you fans who think that, you know, attendance, you know, and crowd noise and all that doesn't matter in college basketball, you're you're absolutely full of it. And here is uh head coach Johnny <laughs> Dawkins uh and AJ Davis um talking about how critical that was. I was just amazed at, you know, a CFE today, just how incredible our environment was. Our student section was off the charts, our community, everyone came out. And we couldn't have done it without them. I mean, really, that energy that they gave us uh, was amazing. You know, I could see our players feeding off of it. And so what a special atmosphere, what a special night for, you know, our entire, you know, Orlando community and UCF. And uh, just really, really happy. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I feel like we, you know, we know what we're doing. We know how to communicate on the court even when it when it gets loud. But when when it's our energy, you know, we, we were just at Illinois State, and that was one of the greatest crowds I've seen in a, in a, in a long time. So for us to come home and beat that like that that's crazy when you're when you're away and you hear hear it get loud like that you know you really got to stay poised but when you're when you're at home and it gets loud like that you really feed off of it like you you the the basket gets bigger you know everything slows down everything is is just so so fun to play in because you're just feels like everybody's playing in the game it feels like everybody in the crowd is playing with you because they're um you know they're sharing your energy and and um you know it's just it's a fun atmosphere to play like that it was a factor they said it uh, the Illinois coach said it. It was a huge factor in the game. I think that Illinois was caught way off guard by the intensity of that atmosphere. And, uh, and that's a credit to the fans who showed up. And we got, and, you know, and this, the spring forward into next year, this is the final home game. You spring forward into next year, and I hope that we see this again, um, especially, you know, come in those big conference games um, that, after New Year's Day, right? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that I think everybody that was in that building had a good time. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I look, I'm not going to say they're going to, oh, they're going to, you know, they're going to draw 10,000 every game next year and all that. No, no. But, but I think you picked up an X amount of percentage of people tonight that enjoyed themselves that'll be back. They're going to be back. And I yep. think the students uh, will be back. I think that's the big thing. It becomes the cool thing to do. I think there's a genuine connection that I think Coach Dawkins is reaching to that fan base that I don't think we've seen. I mean, Kirk used to have that. Kirk mm-hmm. Sparrow used to have that connection. Jeff, you were there for yep. the whole time. I always, always remember Kirk coming out to the court and the fans would chant, Kirk, 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 and he would acknowledge the crowd. And that the little things like that mean a lot. And I think Dawkins gets that. And I think Johnny gets that. And, and I think that that talking to the students tonight – and that fan base tonight will will really connect them 
moving forward. I think you're going to see a way better crowds. And that's what I said next year. And obviously the product helps and you got a core coming back. I mean, I think people are going to be super excited till uh, when it gets around October and November around. So I think that's, um, you know, the biggest thing about the 10,000 is you're going to get a percentage of those people back for next year and you're going to draw better. And hopefully, like you said, you draw big crowds for this conference and become a home court advantage. Because if you get a home court advantage, you win in all those home games. Now you become a conference contender. And that's how you get into the NCAA tournament is you by you're winning your home games and stealing road games. And, and you've seen what a difference that can make. Yeah. Um, just remarkable. Real quick. The only couple of moments in my lifetime that I can remember, you, uh, 2005, when football ended their long losing streak, knocked off Marshall. Yeah, the Marshall what was, uh-huh. what was then called at the Citrus Bowl. I was a student at the time. And I'll never forget the fans stormed the field then and brought down the goalpost. And I remember getting phone messages at the time. Hey, the, the, the goalpost is going is going on campus. And they sent it to the uh, the pond. They, they tossed sent it, it to in the, the pond. reflection pond. The reflection pond. And I went. We all went. Like the word spread. And we all met on campus and we all celebrated. Uh, that was an amazing moment that I'll never forget as a student in 05. Uh, this surpassed it. From that standpoint, the only other moment I can think of in my lifetime, and you were there, was from a broadcast standpoint when uh, Samantha McClowski called to hit the home run walk off mm-hmm. to win the softball championship, and that place went berserk. Uh, it wasn't the biggest crowd, but it was like about near a thousand people, but it was big. It was a big crowd, and everybody just genuinely hugged each other, and it was just a. Uh, those are the three moments that, and then with t- with this game against Illinois. Uh, it's probably my three all-time moments as far as, uh, you know, places that took place at UCF. Again, I didn't go to the Fiesta Bowl. It's a unique situation there. So there's only about, what, five, ten thousand 10,000 that were in Glendale that witnessed that in person. That's cool. Uh, but the majority of the fan base watched it at home. So that's a different experience. But to be there on campus uh, with students and the fans that and fans that have gone up for a long time, the Bill Beekmans of the world, right? Mm-hmm. The Kevin Reese's of the world. Uh, what a moment. And I'll, and I'll never forget also after the game, I'm going towards the media room and I run into Doug Richards, who you know very well, yeah. the former longtime SID at UCF men's basketball during the Kirk Sparrow era. And even and after as that, a student, you know, when we were students. Yeah. And I, I, I gave him a pat on the back and I'm like, you deserve this as much as and, you know, Kirk is going to be smiling. when He watches that. And he, he had a tear and it was an emotional moment. An emotional moment for a lot of people that have followed this program for a long time. And it was just very authentic. I, it was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I, that's all I, I'm going to just keep saying that. It was just a, a genuine, amazing moment that I think is the, just the beginning, I think, for this basketball program. And I've long said uh, to get more support, and I think it's, it's in the right direction. You know who else echoes that sentiment, uh, that sentiment of you know, not being able to believe it? A.J. Davis. Unreal, surreal. I, um... You know, for it to be in Madison Square Garden, uh, you know, I've, I've seen the garden since I was a kid, so this is a dream come true for me. Um, it's just, it's unreal to, to see where this team has came in, in one year from where we started. Um, you know, nobody thought we'd be here, but we believed in us, and now, you know, we're in the, the final four of the NIT, you know, so this is a dream come true. My second year here, that's probably the best crowd we have had in my two years in here, and probably, yeah, like, at the beginning of the season, he mentioned it. <clears throat> we used to talk about how we wanted to pack this arena. Um, I think Obama came here once, and it was pretty mm-hmm. packed. And we 
thought about it, and then we, we made it happen. So it was a pretty good feeling. Yeah, so that was, well, first was AJ, and then it was Taco Fall uh, talking about the experience tonight. And um, remarkable, remarkable. So, um, yeah, like you said, there were a lot of people that I was thinking about tonight. Um, I, you know, I was pretty reflective of it, on it, you know. It's a lot of friends that I wish uh, could have been here to witness this in person, and because uh, because you know they deserve to witness it in person. Unfortunately, they couldn't for one reason or another. You know, you're in college and you go travel all over the country. You got friends all over who uh, who go you know get their jobs and go work and whatever. But man, it was really something. UCF basketball officially, we can say it now. I was talking. I was actually chatting with my dad. He lives up in New Jersey. Um, he was watching the game live. He's like, "Is it?" He's like, "Is it as crazy there as it sound, as it looks like on television?" I, I told him it's an absolute madhouse, and um, and he said, uh, and he and he said, well, he said, "Look, you guys have arrived." He's right. UCF basketball has arrived. Okay, it's not no longer a sleeping giant, no longer potential, none of that stuff. That this is this we've done this. Okay. 10,000 people, NIT quarterfinal game against a Big Ten opponent. Um, we've proven that we have the environment that matches up with all the big boys. There's no question about that. So, so now let's talk about what the situation is now looking forward for UCF. They're in the semis of the NIT, going to the final four of the NIT at Madison Square Garden, New York City. The, final, the semifinals will be Tuesday, March the 28th. UCF will play TCU uh, in the first semifinal, it's been announced, 7 o'clock Eastern time. UCF will play wow. uh, TCU, uh, followed by, in, at, at the Garden, Tuesday night, March 28th, followed by Georgia Tech and uh, UT Arlington and Cal, or Cal State Bakersfield. And, I, and we're recording this late on Wednesday night. Uh, and I'm going to look up the score because that game, I think, may have just gone final. Um, but wow, matchup! It, it just we got a Big Ten opponent. Now we got a Big Twelve opponent. What do you think, Eric? Well, TCU is very good. For, they have a first-year head coach, Jamie Dixon, that's turned around TCU. I mean, you talk about mirror images. TCU was a bottom team in the Big Twelve. Jamie Dixon left Pittsburgh. He's an alum at TCU, and he's turned that TCU program around. I mean, mm-hmm. they were a couple wins away from making the NCAA tournament themselves. They knocked off Kansas in the quarterfinals of the Big Twelve. So. Um, tournament. So by they're the way, really Cal State Bakersfield defeated UT Arlington. They're an eight seed, by the way. Cal State. They've had a heck of a run, boy. They have had. They beat Cal, I believe, yeah, to open. They, the Cal tournament. is I mean, the one had, seed in that yeah. in that Western yeah. sort of bracket. Mm-hmm. They beat him. So, so Cal State Bakersfield against uh, against uh, Georgia Tech in the second game. TCU against UCF in the first game. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean that's fair, and and certainly TCU is very good. Very talented team. Jamie Dixon's a very good coach. So UCF's got a lot of work to do. But the great news about this, the game is not till Tuesday night. Yeah. So they got a week to rest, a week to prepare. And Coach Dawkins, man, he's got a magic touch about the uh, the postseason. Uh, he doesn't lose it. He only has one loss in his career in the NIT. He's got two NIT championships, and he's taken now a third team going to New York. I mean, the guy is a magnificent coach. Uh, and, and I said this. I want to pat myself in the back because, you know, <laughs> There were some, no, I'm serious, because there were some people that were critical about him when he first got here. Well, why wasn't he more successful in Stanford? He only got to a Sweet 16 and won two NITs. Well, I said, I'll first of that. all, I, <laughs> yeah, 
I'll yeah, sign me up. Thanks. Um, and he got he. The only reason he didn't make the NCAA's more is because he was kind of on the short stick uh, one or two times. Uh, and I think Stanford, uh, it, they, they, it's not an easy place to win there. And I said that. And I, I think this guy, this guy's proven he can coach. Um, and look at what he's done already in his first year. It's remarkable. Uh, he'll have his team prepared, but TCU will be a strong, strong uh, a matchup there. They, they are a very good team. I mean, to be honest with you, if they reseeded in the NIT. I don't even think we'd be playing TCU. We'd probably be playing Georgia Tech because I yeah. think TCU would probably be the one seed if they receded. In all honesty, I think they're the they're a tremendous talented team. So it's going to be a battle. But listen, man, let's just enjoy it. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, this team has proven us wrong before. Let's just roll with it. I mean, they're going to be playing at Madison Square Garden. Hello, bright lights, big NIT. city, baby, the Big Apple. And that was another cool moment. Uh, and I know I keep going back to these moments, but that's all this. I mean, that's. Well, they stormed the court and they were singing and they were playing all the New York they music. Were blasting, they, the they were Sinatra. blasting New York, New York by Frank Sinatra. I felt like I was back in Yankee Stadium. It was great. There was the new, uh, there was the new, New York, the newest edition yeah, to the uh, most uh, Alicia music. Keys. Thank you. Uh, and then you even saw, you said a fan even threw an apple. Yeah, I saw an into apple the flying around the. And they, they sent it. They they handed it up to Johnny Dawkins. He was up there in the crowd. Oh, so isn't it? Amazing? And it's hard to believe that some people are skeptical about. Well, what are the NIT? What's the NIT? Right? Oh, would people care? Clearly, people care. And um, there's something about that. And uh, this week has been a phenomenal success. And think of how many people, Jeff. Real quick, watch the games on Monday night on ESPN, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then Wednesday night on ESPN two. Uh, you know, a lot of people watch this product. A lot of fans watch the game from across the country that couldn't be at the building too. So, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, TCU, real quick, twenty-two and fifteen this year, uh, se- seventh place in the Big Twelve. In the NIT, they have de- they defeated Fresno. They were four seed. They defeated Fresno in their first game by seven. Beat the one seed Iowa at Iowa by two oh, in a thriller. Ninety-four, ninety-two. Right? Yeah, really great game. And you then, realize if Iowa wins that, we could be facing Kirk Sparrow right now in Iowa. I know that's that's what's unbelievable oh. about that. And <laughs> then, um, and they're coming off their victory against uh, Richmond, eighty-six to sixty-eight. So this is a uh, this is a Horn Frogs team that in the regular season no, really at one count. point um, they lost seven in a row in Big Twelve play, um, then defeated Oklahoma and and Kansas. Uh, don't forget. Remember they they beat uh, they beat Kansas eighty five eighty two in the uh, Big Twelve tournament before losing to uh, Iowa State. Um, but you know this is going to be a very very tough um, a tough TCU team that UCF is going to play. I know you say, well, they're seventh in the Big Twelve. You know there were only three teams behind them. Yeah, but they have four, they won twenty games. <laughs> And uh, Vladimir Broz, uh, excuse me, Vladimir Brozianski is uh, their top pl- their top scorer, thirteen points a game. Alex Robinson, their uh, their their is their primary point guard. He averages eleven points and five point seven assists. Uh, they got uh, four guys that basically average ten points a game. One of them, Jalen Fisher, averages nine point nine. But um, but yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a, this is going to be another. Hey, look. This is postseason basketball. You're playing against a bunch of teams that are right around where you are, maybe a little bit better. So uh, they're gonna, UCF is going to have to play up, rest up. It's going to be a tough physical TCU team that we're going to be playing. Any impressions on that so far or just not yet? 
No, look, TCU is very good. I follow them in the Big 12. They're a good team. The Big 12, there's no, you know, they're, that's a tough league. So, I mean, they're well coached. Yeah. Uh, my initial thought is that the they winner of the TCU. a good year, by the way, uh, or a good start. In the US. They won their first yeah. eight games. They were 11. Play a tough and, yeah, they 11 and 1 at one point. They peaked at 14 and 3 with a win over Iowa State. And then things just kind of just kind of imploded yeah. from there. Well, I mean, again, it's a program that hasn't won in basketball. They're trying to kind of create an identity. I think they're ahead of schedule, to be honest, under Coach Dixon in his first year there. So I think it's two programs that are excited where they're at. And I think it'll be fun at Madison Square Garden with an opportunity to play for a championship on Thursday night. Um, and I and I do believe that the winner of the TCU-UCF game is going to win the NIT championship. Ooh. Okay. That's my so, thought. So, so no, wow. So that's a, are you knocking Georgia Tech? Ugh. Josh, no, I mean Josh Pastor's done a good job, but they've obviously, you know, they played well. Uh, I would probably pick them on the other side. Although ba- I'm going to tell you something, I've seen Bakersfield. Uh, I saw them against Cal. They go up tempo, man. They they yeah. play hardcore. The NIT they, always they, has they, that one team that just yeah. roll that just kind of starts rolling people. And Bakersfield is an interesting. That should be an interesting matchup to to see after our game. But again, it's after our game. TCU and UCF. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. just worried about it again. How many people you think that's going to be interesting? How many people are going to be able to even try to go to New York? You know, well, uh, I know there's uh, a UCF uh, alumni, New York, you know, metro chapter. So I know you're going to get some folks, you know, there. I think, you know, some of your northeastern alumni groups are going to try and make your way down. This is when UCF Alumni Association is really going to have to step up their game and try and get some of these tickets to Madison Square Garden um, in the hands of UCF people. So, um, Hopefully they will, and hopefully it'll be a pretty good showing for UCF, and hopefully we um, can take care of business up in uh, up in the garden. Do they still? By the way, do they still play? They don't play a consolation game anymore, do they? Um, no, I don't think they don't do think, for the postseason. The no. preseason, preseason yeah. they do, but not the postseason. They used to do it in the postseason. Uh, they used to do in it the, in, in the postseason NIT, yeah, but then they stopped doing that. I don't know when they stopped. I don't know when they stopped doing it, but they but they did stop. Do stop playing in the um, the consolation game. That was that was a, kind of one of the cool things about the NIT that they used to do that. But um, but yeah, you know, so you get like you know a second place game, you know, bronze medal if you will. But um, but yeah, but they don't do that uh, anymore. So but, and I and if I'm not mistaken, this is UCF's first ever. This will be the first ever UCF basketball game played at Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena, mecca of basketball. And uh, wow, I can't wait to see it. Tuesday night, 7 p.m., uh, it'll be on uh, ESPN. And uh, wow, this is going to be something. All right, let's take, a, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk uh, a little bit of softball, a little bit of baseball, wrap things up from this week here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. 
All righty, welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Let's uh, wrap things here real quick. We'll move over to softball because Eric Lopez, we had a busy evening on Wednesday evening. We uh, And it started, obviously we talked about the basketball, but it started out over at softball with UCF taking on number one Florida State. Didn't quite go as hoped, 4 nothing the victory for the Seminoles, but uh, consider that this is a Florida State team that came in hitting as a team, as a team, 385. Uh, they have Their two primary pitchers have ERAs of 0.72 and 0.73, respectively, a combined record of 27-1. and one. They're 28-1-1 and one as a team. And I, I, I got to tell you, Aaliyah White showed me something tonight. Because, uh, and now you knew this all along. She's not a secret to you. But um, she gets the, uh, she goes the distance for UCF, gives up, gives up four runs on eight hits. Uh, one of them was on a, a two-run homer in the seventh. So she kept Florida, she did her job, I thought, keeping Florida State at bay um, for much of the game. Um, and she was not phased by facing the number one team in the country. She would, she really showed me something today. And I thought that, and I think that that's a good sign heading into conference play with uh, the three games set against Houston starting on Friday. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, uh, Aliyah, and I'm not surprised. It's not a first time she's played a ranked team, but I do think she, this was the she best did everything offense. she could against Georgia. And yeah, you know, and, and but this, this is the this is the best offense she's faced. I mean, yeah. I mean, as good as Georgia is, as good as Kentucky is, as good as Alabama is, UCLA, all these teams UCF has played. This is the first of all. I think this is the best team in the country, and I think you saw why. I mean, they've got it all. Oh, they've, they got all they've got they power. Are, Florida they State run. is loaded, dude. Holy smokes! Yeah. I really believe that. I think it's the best team they've fielded. I think they are the loaded, and so for a youngster like Aaliyah. So not only pitch against the number one ranked team in the country, first time ever that softball has hosted a number one ranked team in the country at home. All the times they played uh, number one teams are on the road. Mm -hmm. This time they hosted. And think about it. It's very unique on campus. I was trying to do the research on this. Women's basketball, as you know, you were there. In fact, you could, you know, you get to say you got to see both number one teams in softball and uh, women's basketball in the same calendar year because you were there when they hosted UConn. UConn. That's right. Uh, That was number one. Outside of that, I cannot think. Football has never hosted a number one ranked team in the country. Men's basketball has not hosted a number one ranked team in Division One. They did host them back in the '80s when they were in the lower was, level. Was it, didn't football host Virginia Tech when they were like number three in the or Citrus something Bowl? Like that in the Citrus, Citrus Bowl. Bowl that was the Citrus. Close, I was there. They weren't at the top. That, no, they were like five or six because they had just lost to Miami the week That's before in right. that game. In That's fact, right. Michael Vick didn't play that game against UCF be, uh, because they had just lost to Miami. It had you know, but Lee uh, Lee Suggs, the running or running back, uh, Suggs just ran all over us that game. That's a whole other story. But so for Aaliyah White, and I don't think baseball has hosted a number one ranked team in a long time, if they have at all. So. For Aaliyah White, with all of that in, in, at stake, you're playing the number one ranked team in the country and your biggest crowd to this point at home, at least. And there was no nerves with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was rock solid. And really, if Megan Greenwell makes a spectacular catch in the second inning, she's out of that. We might be at a scoreless ball game going into the seventh inning. I thought she was tremendous. And I think the big takeaway from that is, yes, UCF has another ace. 
They have a number one. You know, we talked about before the year who would replace a Shelby Turnier. You know, you had McKenzie Audis. Well, you've got one. You've got an ace yep. as a true freshman and Aaliyah White, who if you take away that home run, Jeff, in the seventh inning, she held Florida State to their fewest runs in over a month. That was the fewest runs Florida State has scored since March 3rd. They've been scoring. I mean, they scored 16 runs on Notre Dame in yeah. their last game. So uh, I, just to put that in perspective, uh, she was fantastic. You know, obviously UCF couldn't get really much going offensively. But again, Jessica Burroughs and Megan King, who came in relief in the third inning, which was fascinating that Coach Alameda did that. That was kind of a baseball move. Yeah. You kind of talk about, you know, midweeks how teams kind of go by committee in baseball. Well, she kind of split her two aces, the work there. And Megan we got a King little is bit. We, we got a little bit of Jessica Burroughs, and I mean, she's she's the real deal. She's one of she's one good. of the two aces. I mean, They're good. Yes. And Me- Megan King is actually, um, it, it, the, she's a lefty. She was, you know, she's kind of like she's she's not one of their top two, and uh, and she was really impressive. I thought uh, she's from Parkland, Florida, by the way, down uh, down down yep. by where I'm from originally. Well, not well, originally, she is but the, down by where their, I grew up. Yeah, yeah. No, she's their number two pitcher. Which is pretty oh, is pretty good to have. Yeah, she's a point seven three ERA coming into this game. Oh, I'm Number sorry, nine. I mistook her with someone else. That's right. That's right. Sorry about that. She's no, nah, but that's she's trust me, she's good. She's a number one in a lot of teams' aces. So, but um, so they they got one of the best pitching staffs in the country. Uh, so that was tough. UCF had that one threat. In fact, in the bottom of the second, mm-hmm. when Brewer and Callen in single, they had a chance. And you know, I remember we talked about it when we previewed this game. When you had your opportunities, there weren't going to be a lot of opportunities. When they did, you had to cash in, and UCF couldn't do that. Yeah. And then the other but, thing was they kind of, you know, those the, those first two runs were kind of scored with kind of self inflicted wounds by UCF. All um, two outs. Yeah. Oh, all with all with two outs. And and I was just and I was sitting there as I was doing PA, thinking, you know, what, you got to make them earn it, and we didn't do that at that point. And, but uh, she hung in there, and that was the thing did. that impressed me about Aaliyah is that she didn't get phased by that because a lot of pitchers, they let that get away from them, and she didn't do that. And right. so, um, you know, I was pleased with that, and I think that's the positive takeaway. You know, they played the best team in the country. You can play with the best team in the country. They beat Baylor on Sunday, who's ranked 14th. So this team is capable of now competing with the top teams. Now you got to carry that over to conference, certainly get some better timely hidden, and you certainly got to support Aaliyah with some offense, but I think you have a pitcher that's capable of winning you a conference championship for years to come. And I think that's the exciting, the way thing for the softball program uh, moving forward, as far as the crowd, uh, third largest crowd ever, nine forty seven. Some will wonder, well, did they get hurt with the men's basketball game? Eh, maybe, maybe a few. There's probably some people that didn't go. Well, there, was uh, some, there, there were some, there were a lot of students who were hanging out outside, you know, trying, trying to get into the basketball game. It kind of had to, you know, camp out out there through the day. And I thought, you know, number one team in state, you're going to peel off 53 students from that, given that situation. So that, so it may have hurt it a little bit, but still, you know, 900, you know, almost a thousand people is a really good crowd. Well, and I think the bigger picture is if we can, we got to expand the stadium because if you expand the stadium, you don't have to stop selling tickets. Right. Okay. <laughs> and I think that that's, you know that's kind of the problem. But it was I mean, fun that program- they, they pulled up the tarps off of the off of the fences. I saw the people with the camping chairs out there. Um, you know that that were that were kind of camping out in the outfield watching the game. I thought that was pretty cool. It was when this I tell you when the softball complex is packed, it's a fun atmosphere. It's a fun oh, yeah. time. You know, and, tremendous. And, and I'd love tremendous. to see I'd love to see that for conference games. I hope we get to see that for the big conference series. You know, Houston 
UCF, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's a carryover. USF, I should say. USF will draw very well, but that's the thing. I mean, just like we talked about with men's basketball, you hope that some of the fans that maybe went out to the softball game for the first time to the, tonight and, and for the first time experienced it, and they had a good time and they come back. And I think that's the name of the game. You know, those type of games you draw, you try to draw more fans to the next games, and uh, you hope that that's the case. But definitely, we have to expand the stadium. Uh, there's demand, and I believe if you expand the seats, you don't have to suspend, you know, ticket sales that confuse maybe some fans get maybe kind of scared off or whoever. I think you draw more fans. I, I'm convinced of that. This program has reached a different level than it did uh, seven to ten years ago. And so there's a lot of interest and in it's a, again, a good performance. Again, you're dealing with a lot of freshmen on this roster and you're going up against a ton of juniors and seniors that have been around the block and, uh, I think all in all, it was good performance. Now they just got to carry it over. No letdown. Can't come out flat against Houston. Now it starts for real with conference. And uh, you hope you build the confidence that you played well against Florida State. You win against Baylor. Carry that over to conference and get off to a good start against a rival. Houston is a big rivalry series. These two programs go back to 2006 when they played in Conference USA. They battled for championships in 07 and 08. So there's a long history there with those two programs. So it's a big series. We're thinking of you, girl. Yeah, the great rivalry individually, <laughs> Angel Shamblin and Allison Kime. I mean, that yep. that was uh, significant. They battled for years. One of the greatest individual rivalries I've ever seen in college athletics uh, back in the, the day. And uh, that's kind of what kick-started it. And uh, they've had some memorable games, and it'll be another chapter written uh, this year. And, and uh, it's going to be big. They're going to be ready. they got a new coaching staff. Kristen Vesley, their head coach, a former Oklahoma player. Jessica Schultz, an assistant coach, a former national champion catcher at Oklahoma 2013. And then Megan Gibson is the pitching coach. She was a pitch, an All-American at Texas A&M. So it's a young staff. They're hungry. And, uh, you know, the Knights got to be ready for that in a big series. So it's a big series. So uh, no time to let up, if they say. So it uh, should be fun this weekend against Houston. Yeah. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little baseball real quick. Check in with the uh, oh, yeah. baseball knights. Oh, they're playing. <laughs> oh, by the way, they're pretty good too. <laughs> Eighteen and four now. Uh, coming off of two out of three against Jacksonville, they lost one on the road to kind of finish up that sort of you know, home and then at home twice. I guess I don't know how you call that series, but um, you know, one four to nothing at UCF on Friday. 10-3 at Jacksonville on Saturday. Lost 7-1 on Sunday, but then came back, beat Bethune-Cookman uh, at Jackie Robinson Ballpark in Daytona 5-4 to four, uh, in 11 innings, uh, sparked by Logan Heiser, who had a, a walk-off, or not a walk-off, I mean, they were on the road. But, um, but at 11th inning, extra inning home run to uh, give UCF the 5-4 to four, uh, victory in 11. UCF actually trailed 4-1 to one, uh Heading into the eighth, scored three to tie it up, and then got the home run. Uh, Bryce Tucker got the win uh, for UCF. It's a, you know, Bryce, Bryce has pitched pretty well. He deserved to get the win off of that. Um, so, uh, so now UCF baseball has uh, another three-game set now against Dartmouth. Uh, the Big Green coming to town this weekend for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then a Tuesday against Jacksonville, and then, bam, conference play Friday against Houston. So big, huge homestand for UCF. I'm looking this up in the seven, eight, eight, uh, eight in a row at home, uh, and then they go to USF for three, and then they have another one at home against FAU before they actually have to leave the state on uh, April 13th for three against East Carolina. But uh, pretty good stretch for UCF baseball here coming in against some pretty good opponents. Dartmouth's pretty good usually coming out of the um, Ivy League. 
Want to check in on uh, tennis real quick also as well. Oh, by the way, on baseball, make sure you check in with our buddy Brian Murphy, uh, who uh, is with us here at, UC, uh, at, uh, at uh, Black and Gold Banneret, uh, keeping an eye on things on the baseball side. Uh, taking a look over at uh, men's and women's tennis. I wanted to check in with them because they're actually coming down the stretch in their, in their seasons, Eric. Um, the men's tennis team uh, defeated Florida Gulf Coast um, over the weekend in, down in Fort Myers. They have Florida State coming to town on Sunday. That's a big match. They're going up to, or excuse me, they're going up to Tallahassee. Florida State's not coming here. Going up to Tallahassee for that match. And then April 1st, it's a Saturday at the USTA National Campus. It's the Knights' um, last regular season home match against USF. That's Saturday, April 1st. That should be fun. They got two more on the road before they host the American Athletic Conference Championships April 20th. Um, that's a Thursday down at uh, Lake Noda. And then women's tennis, uh, they are coming off of a victory over Milwaukee uh, at home, 6-1. Uh, to one. Uh, that was on. Uh, that was yesterday, Tuesday, March twenty first. They've got two matches left to go in the regular season before the American Championships, which for them are start on April the nineteenth. Uh, those two matches, they're at FIU. FIU is usually pretty good on April first, and then April sixteenth at the USDA National Campus again, USF to finish up the season. So, some really interesting tennis about to uh, about to come our way here for uh, UCF and. Uh, John Roddick and, uh, and the rest of the UCF uh, tennis staff. And then another thing I wanted to uh, add in here also, the uh, UCF women's track and field comp- uh, uh, team with their lone home meet of the year at the uh, Black and Gold Challenge posted one of the top times in the nation this weekend in the 4x400-meter relay. Ebony Creer, Ashley Jocelyn, Shakara Martin and Rosie Chamberlain, 342.42. Uh, fourth best time in that event in the nation. Uh, also, Alyssa Williams won the 100-meter dash at 11.62. John A. Whitaker uh, won the 100-meter hurdles in 14.02. Uh, and uh, UCF also won the 4x100-meter relay, the sprint event, in 45.44. So, um, really good. <laughs> Really good showing by UCF and the uh, in the home meet. Got um, a bunch of Florida schools at that, by the way. So, um, and then they're they're going up to for the uh, Pepsi Florida relays March the thirtieth up in Gainesville. That's one of the biggest track and field events in the country. It's a big hub for southeast for the southeastern schools in track and field. So we'll see how UCF does on the women's side of that. But always good seeing UCF um, back up toward the top. Uh, in uh, in track and field again. So, all right, Lopez, uh, we're wrapping up on this just unbelievable emotional night for UCF as a, as a campus, UCF as a basketball program. Uh, what do you got coming up? <laughs> That's a great question. What do I have how, coming how up? Are we my following brain? up this? <laughs> well, coming up, I'll be watching the basketball game against Illinois on my DVR over and over. Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> I will be calling that Houston series Friday five thirty. Eastern time, 2 o'clock on Saturday noon on Sunday. Big series. Conference openers right here. The road to uh, Greenville begins, and uh, it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how this young Knights team now plays against Houston. Big series coming off the Florida State game. So that'll be uh, my occupation. And I want to make a note. Uh, next Wednesday, March 29th, 
uh, UCF will host UNF. Very big game from the standpoint of uh, it'll mark the return of Shelby Turnier, That's first right. uh, All-American in UCF softball history. She's an assistant at uh, UNF. So I really want people to come out for that five Eastern start time. Uh, we have some. Uh, we'll have a ceremony. We to, both will uh, be there. Shelby. I will be doing PA for both that there. game too. That's right. Shelby uh, will be honored. She'll be throwing the first pitch. I won't give away much more details than that because it's a surprise. But what I will say, there will be some legendary UCF softball players will be in attendance for that. So that'll be a special night. So I do want to uh, get the word out for people to come out to that. It'll be a great night uh, for the softball program there uh, as well. Yeah. Obviously, if you're, I if produce you're a UCF softball know. fan and you don't have anything important going on Wednesday night, you need to come to that game. Yeah, and, and that's the thing I want to make sure because Shelby was one of the most popular players in this program history. I mean, I remember she got a standing ovation when she uh, left the mound in uh, Gainesville in the regionals last year. A lot of people on social media reached out to UCF softball underscore and, and to Shelby and thanking her for the four years and the, and what an amazing career. And she, I remember they did a video where she actually thanked the fans and obviously has gone on and won an MPF championship with the Bandits. So, and now she's an assistant at UNF and making an impact there. Uh, no surprise. So, uh, very special night. And, and uh, there'll be... Uh, that, like I said, I don't want to give away too much because it's kind of a surprise under deal, but uh, it's going to be a special night, and that's all I'll leave it at that. That's right, and I'll be there too. That should be fun. So uh, as we wrap up here, wow. Uh, make sure you uh, follow, keep following us at UCF underscore Banneret on Twitter. I'm at Jeff underscore Sharon. Eric is at? Derek Lopez Elo. That is uh, if I still have a brain cell. Yes, that's <laughs> I will respond uh, to that and uh, keep up with all the latest news there. And uh, thanks to one of our listeners, Corey, by the way. I uh, want to give him a shout-out. He uh, helped me out there. I uh, mentioned in the previous podcast about the TV numbers uh, for that Illinois State game. Yeah. He actually found the accurate numbers. There was a bit of a glitch. Uh, you know, So uh, I want to thank him for listening. He's a listener of the show. He's a fan of the show. So I want to give him a shout-out. Thank you to Corey for keeping us honest. That's We really do appreciate that. Yep. And he does that. Yeah. And uh, also, thanks again to you for uh, listening. Don't forget, we told you how we can follow us on Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook at uh, Black and Gold Banneret. Go to blackandgoldbanneret.com. Sign up for email uh, alerts there as well. And uh, subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends. We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And uh, leave us a rating on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. And don't be afraid to reach out to us uh, through any of those channels. Uh, if you have any questions. So, for Eric Lopez, my name is Jeff Sharon. Wow, baby. We're going to New York City. Well, maybe we're not, but UCF basketball is. <laughs> and we'll be watching that next week as UCF heads to the NIT semifinals to play TCU at Madison Square Garden. Hmm, sounds great just saying it. For all of us here at blackandgoldbanneret.com, we'll catch you later. It's up to you, New York.